Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 121. You know, there's something so wonderful and exciting about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise that just brings a real sense of euphoria to everyone when their cruise countdown is almost at an end. And this week, I am lucky enough to be the benefactor of a nearly complete countdown clock as I am boarding Royal Caribbean's Brilliance of the Seas for a four-night cruise later this week. In this week's episode, I will preview my cruise, discuss why I booked this particular sailing, and share my plans for onboard the ship and what I'm most looking forward to doing while on board. And no Royal Caribbean blog podcast episode is complete without sharing your feedback. And so, we have plenty of great emails to read. And this week's episode is actually being brought to you by, well, you. You can learn how you can support the show and become a member of the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders, where you'll have access to exclusive content, rewards, events, and products such as t-shirts, priority listener email access, early access to each episode, bonus podcast episodes, and a whole lot more. It's completely optional and a great way to support the show for starting as little as just maybe $1 per month. For more information, visit royalcaribbeanblog.com slash support. All right, here we go. I've been lucky enough over the years to go on a number of Royal Caribbean cruises, and just this year alone, I've been already on three cruises, and I'm about to go on my fourth on Royal Caribbean's Brilliance of the Season. And you know what? It's still exciting every single time. I get that, almost those butterflies in my stomach, that sense of just euphoria, and nothing can bother me because everything can wait until I get back. I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. And so it's still a very exciting and fun thing, and this week... I'm going to preview my cruise on Brilliance of the Season, share with you kind of why I booked this cruise and what my plans are and all that good stuff as we look forward to my Brilliance of the Seas cruise. So let's talk about why I booked this particular sailing. This is a sailing I booked not too long ago, actually back in September. So let me set the scene for you. It's a weekday evening. Uh, The kids are asleep. My wife and I are saying, okay, let's watch some TV before we go to sleep. So we turn the TV on, and lo and behold, one of my favorite documentaries is on it's dream cruises which is on the a wealth of entertainment network awe i'm sure it's a network that very few people actually get i'm surprised i even got it but it's one of those things when you flip through the guide on your dvr i happen to see there are documentaries about royal caribbean cruises and of course who am i to bypass a perfectly good opportunity to get a royal caribbean fix so we started watching it. It happened to be about Brilliance of the Seas. Now, this one, this particular documentary was filmed a couple of years ago. In fact, I think it was before her recent refurbishment. Nonetheless, we're watching it, and I think they were actually on a European itinerary. And we're watching it. It's, it's pretty interesting. You know, I'm enjoying it. And I said to my wife, you know what? Wouldn't it be great to go back on this kind of a ship? Because we had been on Jewel of the Seas a couple of years ago, and we had a great time on there. It's a Radiance-class ship. Brilliance is also a Radiance-class ship. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of larger ships recently. Wouldn't it be wonderful to get back on board? So my wife... You know, of course, I say lots of things, right? I'll, I'll see a Taco Bell commercial, and I'll say, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had some Taco Bell right now? <laughs> I'm easily suggestible, in other words. And so my wife said, yeah, honey, it would be great to be able to do that. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, the more I'm watching it, the more I'm thinking, man, it would be great to get on board. You know, we, we don't have any more cruises planned for later this year. Ah, can, I, can I sneak in another cruise? So I start looking. I said, I tell my wife, in fact, I announce, I am going to look to see if we can fit one in here. My wife probably rolled her eyes at me. And so you don't have any more vacation time. Money's tight. You know, you've got to put kids through college. I'm walking up the hill to, in the snow both ways. <laughs> you know, we, it's not, it's not going to be practical, honey. You know, we'd love to, but it's not going to work. But lo and behold, I, I search and I search and I search and I find the perfect sailing, a four-night brilliance of the sailing over Thanksgiving weekend, which accomplishes a couple things. Number one, it requires very few Vacation days. I'm, only, I'm just taking one vacation day, which is going to be the day we get back, just so that I'm not like, you know, trying to scramble and do work on that. You know how that 
last day is always always a crazy, not a lot of sleep kind of day. But also, it allows me to experience a Royal Caribbean cruise over a holiday, a major holiday like Thanksgiving, which is something I've never done before. So after a lot of negotiating and, you know, words of endearment to my wife and reminding her how much I love her and, and all that stuff, she acquiesced my re- my request and we booked the cruise and we got our Brilliance of the Seas sailing for a four-night out of Tampa. Again, another first going out of Tampa on this cruise. And there we are. So this just kind of solves a need, if you will, <laughs> uh, that I wanted to be able to go on another cruise later this year, check out a brand new ship, check out a brand new port, and be able to go out of a port of Tampa, which is something I've never done before. Now, given the other requirement, which is we didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on this cruise, we actually booked an inside seat room. And the other thing that we're doing is we're not bringing our kids with us. And as a parent, we love our children. We absolutely do. We have a great time with them. In fact, I really do enjoy cruising with them. But for this particular sailing, you know what? We're going to leave them with my in-laws, let them have some fun with with their grandparents. And me and my wife can have some fun alone as well, just kind of enjoying a cruise by ourselves. Something we haven't done since, you know, before we ever had kids, which is going back five plus years now. And so this is an exciting opportunity for us. So for Brilliance, this is we have an inside stateroom, which is fine for the two of us. Hey, we're not planning on spending a whole lot of time there. We're going to be on board. We're going to be having a lot of fun. In fact, we're booking another first on this cruise. We booked for the very first time the premium unlimited alcohol package. I know. If you ever heard me talk at length at any place, whether it's on this podcast or on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, I have always told people these unlimited drink packages are something you need to look at. And in many cases, I don't think it's really worth the money. I think over the course of a cruise, people start to not drink as much per day to quote-unquote break even, and then it becomes not a great deal in the, in the, in the end. Well, I'm putting my money where my mouth is because, you know what, this has all been based on kind of assumptions and thoughts and what I've perceived and reports from other people. But I'm going to do it myself and see how it's what it's going to be like. So we booked a premium package for both me and my wife to see exactly is it going to be something we're going to come away with saying, you know what, this was worth the money. We definitely enjoyed it. Or am I going to come away feeling like I drank for the sake of drinking to get my money's worth out of the package and – you know, I was right all along. Who knows? I'm trying to keep my mind as open as possible. I'm trying not to go in with any kind of bias in this. I really want to see what it's like to actually have the drink package and go for it. Certainly without having any kids on board, that's going to help us a lot in terms of just being able to have more time to be able to indulge a little bit. And for this cruise, it's a four-nighted sailing, as I mentioned earlier. We're going to Cozumel. That's it. So out of Tampa, it's uh, two sea days. Cozumel, a sea day back, and that's the end of the cruise. So it's kind of on the shorter side, but that's fine. You know, I we've been struggling, honestly, with what to do in Cozumel. We've been there many, many times. We're going back again in February on the Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise on Allure of the Sea. So there's your shameless plug for our group cruise, which there is still time to join us for it, by the way. I just don't know what to do in Cozumel. We've looked at the activities a thousand times. I've been to Royal Caribbean's website. I've Googled my heart out for lots of things. The thing with it is that Either the things we really want to do are very expensive or we are want we don't want to necessarily do it on this particular sailing. And so I think we're going to end up doing a potpourri. We're going to do a lot of little things on the island. We're, we want to, our goal was to do something different. Usually what we do is we go into downtown Cozumel. We do a lot of shopping, a lot of eating. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we squeeze in some beach time, but that's about it. To me, Cozumel, I really love the actual city of San Miguel. I, I think it's just, there's so much great food in there. I just love exploring the city. But my wife said, look, if we're going to Cozumel this time, we got to do something different. So our thoughts, some thoughts we had were, well, maybe we'll go to the east side of the island, take a taxi out there. There's, I mean, there's not a whole lot in terms of things to do. It's basically a lot of 
more remote and interesting beaches. In fact, there's no electricity on the east side of the island, so you got to bring cash. That's a tip for anyone who's going out there. And we're just kind of, you know, see what's out there, come back maybe for lunch. I honestly don't know. There's a lot of different little things we've been looking at. I even considered getting surf lessons. This is how crazy it's been with Googling and trying to figure out all these lessons. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that we're going to try our best to mix it up a little bit and do some stuff we've never done before, or at least try to. Let's put it that way. But the real goal of this cruise is really to explore brilliance of the seas. As I mentioned, I was on Jewel of the Seas a couple of years ago. We had a fabulous time on there, but Jewel of the Seas has not been refurbished. It wasn't refurbished back then. It still hasn't been refurbished yet. But Brilliance of the Seas has gotten a fairly extensive refurbishment in the last couple of years where a number of new restaurants have been added, uh, some new amenities on board. I mean, it really, it's one of the, in in the grand scheme of the fleet-wide renovations, Brilliance of the Seas has gotten probably among the best ones in terms of the amount of stuff that she's gotten. So I'm really excited to check out some brand new items on there, especially, and of course, it's all about food, right? It's about dining, let's be honest. I'm really looking forward to trying out for the first time Rita's Cantina, going to try out Park Cafe on a ship other than an Oasis-class ship. We're going to be going back to Chops Grill. My wife said we got to go back to Chops. We haven't done Chops in maybe two or three cruises now, which is a travesty in the Hotchberg family. So we're going to go back over there. And let's be honest, Matt is going to be going back to Izumi. The question is, probably the better question is how many times we'll be going back to Izumi, but we're going to go there as well. There's a lot of great dining on board. Really looking forward to doing it. And otherwise, you know, I'm going to go with my usual goal of every cruise is to do a lot of onboard activities. In fact, I was very lucky. One of the Royal Caribbean blog readers and I think podcast listeners as well, Keith Davis, went on Brilliance of the Seas back on November 12th, just a couple weeks ago, and sent me a copy of the four-night Western Caribbean Cruise Compass, which I'll post a link to in our show notes. And me and my wife looked it over, and we were like figuratively drooling. I was drooling. I don't know if my wife was, but (laughs) there's some really cool activities on board. I'm very excited about this. So again, the purpose of this cruise is for me and my wife to have some time to relax and enjoy the cruise, but also from obviously from for what Royal Caribbean Blog is all about, sharing what it's like to go on a refurbished ratings class ship. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it because, as I've said in other episodes, the beauty of the ratings class ship, both figuratively and literally, is the way these ships have been built. Lots of glass, lots of views of the ocean. The ratings class ship, you know what, it, it, it's a smaller class. We're talking about 2,500 passengers, but... It certainly makes up for what it lacks in size in, I think, just sheer beauty. I mean, it's beautiful. It offers a lot in a very small space, let's be honest. And very small. It's still a big ship, but you know what I mean. It's something that I think is something that a lot of folks may be overlooking. You know, people say, I got to do the big ships. I got to do the big ships. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with the Oasis, the Freedom, and the Voyager, and even the Quantum-class ships. But I'm telling you, the Radiance-class ships are an appreciated beauty, almost like a fine wine they are a class of ships that I think a lot of Royal Caribbean veterans will come here and tell you, you know what, there's no question that all the attention and a lot of the praise goes to those bigger ships, but man, those radius class ships, they've got a some, certain something that keeps bringing people back. And I think I've, I know that from my Jewel of Seas experience, but I'm really looking forward to getting back on here for Brilliance of the Seas to be able to check her out and explore this ship and, and really have a, a fun time. That's what it's about. I mean, this is a cruise where I'm in the unique opportunity since i don't have my children with me i don't have to necessarily play the daddy role in terms of entertaining them i'm here to be with my with my wife and we can explore the ship together and just see okay what does brilliance bring to the table what are we most excited about and i think that's really the most exciting thing when, when i'm talking about you know what brilliance of the seas is all about so that's really my plans for brilliance of the seas i'll also be of course 
live blogging everything I'm doing at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And on Embarkation Day, which is Thanksgiving, so also I need to make sure I wish everybody listening in the United States a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all have a great holiday. And we'll be periscoping, so if you want to break from your family, <laughs> or the football, or the turkey, or a, or a little of both, or all of it, uh, I'll be periscoping the on Embarkation Day. So if you want to follow me on Periscope, I am the RCL blog on Periscope, so just follow us. So Periscope, by the way, for those who are unaware, is a live video streaming service, totally free. You can install it on your smartphones or tablets, so iPads, iPhones, Android phones, all that good stuff. And you can watch, you can chat with me on there. It's a lot of fun, and I'm hoping to be able to get on Brilliance of the Sea, share a little bit of it while I still have cellular signal with all of you. And I think it's going to be a great time. So very pumped about it. And, of course, all the details and, and all the – if you want to be able to follow along, you can find our social media stuff. It will all be over there at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Alrighty, time to talk more Royal Caribbean with you as we answer your listener emails. I love this part of the show, i got to tell you, because it's really our opportunity each and every week to talk Royal Caribbean together, virtually anyway. And our first email is from Carlos Ribeiro, who writes, Matt, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now. I actually found your podcast by accident after I booked my first Royal Caribbean cruise. I'm not a first-time cruiser. I have done two cruises since last September. First cruise was on the Norwegian Getaway, and the next one was this past March on the Carnival Breeze. I honestly was not prepared to do three cruises in a year, but the Norwegian cruise was my anniversary cruise, and the Carnival Cruise was a last-minute deal that I could not pass up. This year, for my anniversary, we decided to try Royal Caribbean. Since the choice of ships to the Caribbean was limited, we opted for the Freedom of the Seas. I did quite a bit of research on it, and it was the cheapest and one of the newly refurbished ships in the fleet, with the Western Caribbean cruise going to Labadee, Cozumel, Cayman Islands, and Falmouth. We were concerned when there was a fire on the ship, but our concerns were put to ease as there was no sign of fire, and only that area was blocked off while they installed an air scrubber for the ship's exhaust. Well, Matt, on the third day of my cruise, my wife and I took the plunge, and we decided to book another cruise. We booked Anthem of the Seas for 2017 for a Bahamas cruise. I was wondering if you could give some advice on the ship, and let me know if you have anything more about the upgrades coming to Oasis of the Seas. I heard from one of your past podcasts that they are planning on putting water slides on ships going into refurbishment. I'm not really excited about the Bahamas cruise, and would rather go back to Labadee as it was an awesome experience. Any info would be much appreciated. Carlos, love the email. Love that you are starting to sip from the Royal Caribbean cup of love <laughs> and you're starting to buy into becoming a loyal to Royal fan. Love that you tried out Freedom of the Seas, a fantastic ship, in fact, and that you booked another one. So, first of all, Anthem of the Seas, boy, what a wonderful ship. I think, Carlos, you probably heard my thoughts about that in the last couple of episodes that we did about Anthem of the Seas, but it's a wonderful ship. And, you know, you are going to the Bahamas, which I totally understand is not the most exciting itinerary in the world. But when I look at an Anthem of the Seas cruise, especially one coming out of New York, you're going to have a lot of sea days. And that means the cruise is more about Anthem being the destination, more so than maybe Nassau, as an example, or Port Canaveral. And I think you should look at it that way because it really is that kind of an experience. As you may be aware, I did a Quantum of the Seas cruise earlier this year. It was an eight-night cruise. It was actually to more interesting ports, but nonetheless, there were a lot of sea days, but I really did treat it like a cruise about Quantum more so than the islands we were visiting, and I think you're going to find a lot to do on board that ship. It's great for that, so I wouldn't worry too much about the itinerary, honestly, because that just gives you more time to focus on the ship and really enjoy what she offers, and there is quite a bit there as well. Now, in terms of the upgrades coming to the Oasis of the Seas, so what's happening is when Royal Caribbean announced they were adding water slides to Harmony of the Seas, one of the questions was, well, what about other ships in the fleet? And 
Royal Caribbean CEO Michael Bailey expressed at the time he would definitely want to add water slides to the other existing Oasis class ships at future refurbishments. Now, that's about all we've heard so far in terms of ships like Oasis or Allure of the Seas getting water slides. We already know for a fact that Majesty of the Seas and Liberty of the Seas are getting water slides, but there's been no timetable or schedule or real firm announcement about when we can expect water slides, if at all, for the Oasis of the Seas or Allure of the Seas. So my best advice to you right now is give us sit back and wait. Uh, we don't have any more information about that as well. Hope that answers your question, Carlos. Thank you so much for the email. Next up, we have an email from Deborah. This summer, my sister and I decided to take our kids, two older teens and two young adults, and our mom on a cruise this Christmas. My sister is a Royal Caribbean devotee, and so we ended up booking with them. I was rooting for Disney Cruise Line, but we couldn't justify the additional cost. I'm a longtime listener of the WDW Today podcast, and I had a vague recollection that you had a cruise podcast and was delighted to discover that it was on Royal Caribbean. I'm now in the process of going through all your old podcasts, just like I did with WGW Today a few years ago. We are doing the four-night Tampa Cozumel cruise on Burlington the Seas over Christmas. Sounds familiar. Because there are seven of us, we decided to book the two-bedroom Royal Suite. Wow. I'm not sure that my kids' first cruise should be in a concierge suite, but it makes sense for our group. I'm really looking forward to hearing about your upcoming cruise on the same ship. I've only cruised once, and it wasn't a great experience, but... After listening to my sister and your podcast, I'm cautiously optimistic about our upcoming experience. Thanks for the time you devote to this. Deborah, great email. And so, obviously, you just heard me talk all about the brilliance of the seas. And next week's episode, Deborah, will be kind of sharing my review and going through all the details of that cruise. For what you're looking at, there's a couple things you probably want to keep in mind. Number one, Brilliance of the Seas is about the size of the Disney Wonder Disney Magic in terms of passenger capacity and also ship size, both you know, physically. So it shouldn't be if you've been I'm not sure if you've actually been on those ships, but if you have been, then they'll be somewhat similar in that regard. You know, what I love about Royal Caribbean, and this is something that, you know, I think a lot of folks go through, and I did it too. I started out cruising with Disney Cruise Line. My first couple of cruises were with Disney. I did about, I want to say about three or four, maybe even five cruises with Disney until I started trying Royal Caribbean. And then for the exact reason that you are jumping ship, figuratively speaking, was, you know, the additional cost. I said, well, you know, I love Disney, but I just can't justify the cost. Let me see what Royal Caribbean offers because I see a lot of good stuff about them and they're a lot cheaper than in price of what, what Disney offers. And you know what, Deborah, I haven't looked back since, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think why, why I think Royal Caribbean is such a great option for folks that are that have cruised with Disney, but maybe want something a little different because, again, for maybe it's price, maybe it's because they want different ships, maybe they want different itineraries, whatever the reason. I firmly believe Royal Caribbean is a very similar product to what Disney offers. And the proof of that is, look at all these awards that are out there, right? And there's there's tons, right? There's Cruise Critics, there's U.S. News and World Reports, there's a ton of them out there. Every year you get these all new, this cruise line won this award, this cruise line won that award, great. Here's a takeaway. In almost all these cases, for categories like Best Family Cruise Line, Best Cruise Line in the Caribbean, all these kinds of categories, you're often going to find Royal Caribbean or Disney in like the spots one or two, right? And my takeaway from it is not so much who comes out number one or who comes out number two, but the fact that they keep on coming up so close to each other in all these different results. And in Cruise Critics' case, Royal Caribbean came out ahead. In U.S. News and World Reports, it was Disney. But the fact that they're both so close to each other in all these rankings means they're very similar experiences. But it's that bottom line of the additional cost. And so I think you're absolutely going to love it. And obviously, I haven't gone on Brilliance of the Seas yet, Deborah. But when I get back... I think it's going to be very much of interest to you to, to listen about what my experiences were like and 
boy, you're going on a two-bedroom royal suite. You're doing it very, very nicely. I am impressed. I know you're, you're worried about spoiling your kids. Ah, that's all right. That's what family vacations are all about, is making sure you have a great time on board. And I think going on the royal suite, you're really going to love that. So I think you're set up quite well for it. And, Deborah, I'm really hoping that you're going to come over to uh, my side of thinking here with a lot of this. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with what Disney offers. You can still enjoy what their, their, their parks product. But I really think from a cruise standpoint... I really feel like you're going to really enjoy that. So I'm looking for it. And, of course, when you get back, Deborah, from your cruising over Christmas, I would love to hear your feedback about it. So I'm, sure, I'm hoping that you're going to email me some of your thoughts about your cruise on Brilliance of the Seas after you get back. Thank you. Next up, we have an email from Quentin who writes, Hey, Matt, you always say your favorite restaurants are Sabor, Chops Grill, Izumi. So if you had to pick one for a week, which one would it be? Wow, Quentin, dude, you can't ask me to pick that. It's like, which is your favorite kid? The answer is, which one's not crying right now? <laughs> uh, I think the answer is going to come down to, you know, I love Chops, but I'm going to have to, I'm going to narrow it down between Sabor and Izumi. Oh, man, I I think, oh, man, I don't, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. I think I got to go with Sabor. I honestly got to say, for a slight edge to Sabor, I know it sounds crazy, uh, but, you know, it's the only thing I can, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with Sabor, but I, I reserve the right to change my mind. Quentin also adds, if you were a CEO for Royal Caribbean, would there be anything that you would change? That's an interesting question. If I were CEO of Royal Caribbean, what would I change? I think from a ship-based standpoint, what they offer on board is perfectly fine. I don't really have any problems with that necessarily. I would probably focus, at least in the beginning, over how Royal Caribbean kind of balances that nature of of marketing towards folks that are brand new to cruising and also their loyal customer base. And it's kind of an interesting balance they have to do. I understand that Royal Caribbean needs to, and and capital N needs to go after folks that are brand new to cruising because they need to continue to grow, right? No company wants to just say, okay, well, this is the amount of money we're going to make forever. And that's fine because that's not going to work because sooner or later people leave people, you know, for whatever reason, they, they, they stop cruising with you. You're, that means you're going to start shrinking. So they need to continue to grow, and that's the best way to do it rather than try to poaching other cruise lines customers. So I would continue what they're doing. I love what they're doing with Come Seek, I think, and Come Seek Live. I think it's a wonderful marketing campaign, very interesting and very different. I think that's working. I hope it's working. I think it is working <laughs> the way they want it to do. But I would also explore some options that, again, appeal to the person that has cruised with Royal Caribbean a lot. Now, they don't need to spend you know tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars on it, but I do think they could do a little bit better job in terms of saying, not so, not so much thank you, but at least making us feel like, hey, you're you're very much a valued member in the marketing. We, I think we get that kind of feeling when we're on board. I, I know I do, but I think that a lot of folks kind of feel like they're almost forgotten when it comes to a marketing standpoint. And hey, perception is, is everything, right? So maybe that's what I would start with and give a little bit of love back to the folks that have been loving the company for years and years and years. So that's where I would probably start with Quentin. And, you know, it's an interesting question. There's a, it's, it's, I don't envy them for having that kind of a job, honestly, Michael Bailey or anybody in Royal Caribbean's uh, management, because it's a tough thing to do. I cannot even imagine what it's like to be. There's so many considerations. But, hey, if I'm dreaming, I'll dream big, right? So there. And, of course, you know, probably investing more in, in, in independent bloggers that are doing a great job covering Royal Caribbean. <laughs> Sorry. While I'm dreaming, you know. <laughs> great email. Thank you, as always, Quentin. 
Next up, we have an email from Scott who writes, Hey Matt, I want to open up by telling you how much I thoroughly enjoy your shows and blog. You strike such a great balance between the first-time cruiser and the long-time cruiser. I find most of all what you do informative. You cover so many great topics and I've learned so much that will make my future cruise so much better. I've sailed the Royal Caribbean three times and I love it. My family and friends think I need help. <laughs> when I was near Port Canaveral for work, I drove it just to see the Quantum of the Season port for the day. On the departure morning for my third cruise, I woke up early because I could not sleep and I got on the webcam and I looked at Freedom of the Seas and told my family that when we get there, hey, look, we're getting on that ship in a few hours. Of course, they, that did not surprise them since I had looked up the webcam every week showing them Freedom of the Seas in port. I say that I will be sailing with my family on Oasis of the Seas November 28th. Now that I look at it every Saturday, I want to talk to you about a couple things. In episode 114, you mentioned a website that allows you to find all the ships that are in port on a certain day, but I did not see in the show notes. Can you send that to me? The other thing I would like to th- talk to you about is I would like to know if there is anything I can bring back from my cruise that will help readers or listeners. I would love to do that if it's the least I can do and to help you with all the knowledge and experience you've given me. I plan to bring back and scan every cruise compass to take high-quality photos of the menus from the dining room. I will get those to you quickly upon my return. If there's anything else, please let me know. Scott, first and foremost, thank you so much for the kind words and the and the, and the the very generous offer, by the way. That's very helpful. I really appreciate that. I am totally with you with that very can't-sleep excitement, watching the webcam excitement. I love that kind of stuff. To answer your question, the... The website I mentioned was ports.cruisett.com, cruisethomasthomas.com, so ports.cruisett.com. I will post a link in the show notes to it, and I apologize if I didn't do that before for that. Basically, you just go to the website, you say, okay, I want to go to Cozumel, and you pick the month and the year, and boom, it shows you every ship that's going to be there. So it gives you an idea, basically, how crowded it's going to be on any given port. And my only thing I would tell you, Scott, is... Don't stop what you're doing, brother. <laughs> you're excited about it. Nothing wrong with that. I love that. I love the you can't sleep the night before because you're too excited. I do that every time. It screws up my sleep for the entire cruise, but I don't care because you know what? There are only so many things in life that I get that kind of excited about these days. And if I can still retain that kind of youthful energy for taking a cruise, dude, I'm totally with you on that. And hey, let's be honest. When I go on brilliance of the seas this week i am going to be doing the exact same thing as you i'll be waking up early you know honey are you awake are you awake are you awake if we leave now we can go get to the port and watch her pull in <laughs> i know i've done that before my wife doesn't appreciate it but you know what i mean it's it's that excitement i love it so scott uh, and of course all the things you mentioned by the way that's wonderful i always appreciate if you can scan in those cruise compasses take some great photos that's always appreciated and of course scott and to everybody, the, the, probably the best way, in fact, in addition to all that, supporting the podcast is still going to be become a Royal Caribbean Block Insider if you haven't already, Scott, because it's a great way to support the podcast. And it really is just a – I cannot explain to you how helpful that's going to be long-term for the future and growth of everything we're doing here. So, Scott, have a great time on your cruise. I know I will, and I think we're going to be cruising – right around the same time you're going on november 28th so we'll both be at sea at least on the 28th how cool is that so have a great time scott and looking forward to hearing your thoughts and uh, when you get back next up we have an email from robert who writes once again i am thanking you in advance for your helpful information my question both the radiance of the seas and explorer of the seas sail to alaska in july looking at these ships only not itinerary is one better for alaska cruise or is it a toss-up this is a great question. Of course, Explorer of the Seas is brand new to the Alaska area. In fact, she's going to be the biggest ship ever to sail Alaska. And the question is, of course, you know, if you had to pick between the ships, which do you pick? Well, this is an interesting question because, of course, Explorer has never been to Alaska before. 
The advantage of Explorer of the Seas is it's a Voyager-class ship. It has a lot more stuff on board. In fact, Explorer of the Seas just got a refurbishment. She's got a flow rider, although I'm not sure how much you're going to be doing flow rider in the middle of Alaska. I mean, it is July, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, you know, some new restaurants, a lot of things on board. I... You know what? I mean, if it were me going on board, I would probably opt for Explorer of the Seas just to experience what it's like to be on a Voyager-class ship there. It's something new and different. And, you know, if they're putting a ship that large in there, to me, that's a huge advantage. Not to say take anything away, in fact, from Radiance of the Seas, which is a beautiful ship. And, uh, what you know, and she's been doing the Alaska itinerary for a very long time. She also had a very nice refurbishment a couple years ago. You know, I don't think you can go wrong, but I might pick Explorer just for the novelty of what's new and happening this year. Because, again, I think that that I'm a big fan of also having more stuff on board to do. Now, I'm also going from the standpoint, Robert, of having a family on board. So if my kids are with me, the some of the bigger, newer ships have larger facilities for kids on board. The Adventure Ocean, as an example. So, yeah, and they also have a larger uh, kids' pool area. Again, all that kind of contributes to why I might go from a family standpoint. If you're going with maybe just you, Robert, and let's say your wife or, you know, you're just a couple kind of crews and you're not bringing kids with you, then I might go actually towards Radiance because it's a little more intimate experience. It's a beautiful ship. She's been doing that for many, many years. People love going at Radiance. So from that standpoint, I could definitely see that. But I think for families, it might be better to skew towards Explorer and try that one out because, I mean, to me... Again, just because I'm, I get excited about new things in, in Royal Caribbean universe. <laughs> Explore out of Alaska sounds like a really cool idea, and I want to definitely be able to check that out. So someday I'm hoping I'm able to do that. And given this conundrum, I might opt towards Explore. But again, I would not slight you in the least bit for picking Radiance. Next up, we have an email from Lee. Writes, "Hi Matt, I'm interested in going on an Alaska cruise on Explorer of the Seas next year. Oh, there we go, perfect segue. The people going on the cruise would be me and my 15 year old daughter. I'm interested in a larger panoramic ocean view cabin. That cabin is showing as available on several of the internet travel websites, but not on the Royal Caribbean website. I called the Royal Caribbean and was told that this cabin, which I'm interested in, is not available to me because I am not disabled, but might become available later on." I asked the Royal Caribbean agent whether I could book the cabin on one of the internet websites, and he told me that I could, but the cabin would be, might be taken away from me. Have you ever heard of this practice by Royal Caribbean? And if I purchase a cabin on a different site and pay it off, will Royal Caribbean really take it away from me? This is a very interesting question. I can tell you that I have heard of this to some extent. So a great example of the way I've mostly heard about this is through family staterooms. As an example, when I was on Navigator this season, we booked a family ocean view stateroom. Now, these family... There's family ocean view staterooms or family promenade staterooms or family suites. The bottom line is these family rooms require, uh, I think the number is at least five people in the stateroom. We only had, at the time, three. But the reason we were able to book it was we got so close to booking that Royal Caribbean decided, you know what? We're not going to let this cabin just go unsold on the off chance a family of five shows up. So they sold it to us. But that was open up to the general public at that point. In your case, you're looking at an accessible stateroom. So this is a stateroom that's ideally created for someone with a wheelchair or some other disability, you know, mobility disability. And Royal Caribbean has to keep these staterooms available in case someone shows up. And they can't be given... If they sell them to people who are not disabled, well, it's, it's almost like having handicapped parking spots but letting anybody park there, right? It defeats the purpose of having them. So what Royal Caribbean is basically saying is, say, well, we're gonna, we need to keep these open until a certain point. And then after that certain point, hey... We'll open up to everybody because, again, we're not going to just let cabins go unsold. But it's going to be closer to the sailing date. So, it, to, your, to your question, if you book it on one of these other third-party travel agent websites, you know, yes, they'll take your money, you'll book it, but you could be bumped out of there and they might give you a different category as a result. The 
what I would suggest is this is what I would do. I would book the stateroom that is that you know you're going to be getting, so not inaccessible. I know you wanted that panoramic ocean view. Totally understand that. I would book the one you you really want. Or book one that you could be okay with or happy with, rather than you know maybe being bumped to something you're not happy with. And then keep your eye on that panoramic ocean view. Work with a travel agent. This is when the travel agent really comes in handily. Have them you know say, look, I want to really book this room, but I understand I'm not willing to risk being bumped out of there and going somewhere I'm not interested in being in. So keep an eye on that. Let's figure out when when is that drop dead date. Figure that date out, and that's something that your travel agent can do with Royal Caribbean. And then that way you can then get an idea. Okay, well when that date happens, you go in. If it's still available, boom, you switch it out, and you're all set. And that might be the best way to go about it. There's the other possibility I could possibly think. When you have to talk to your travel agent again about how doing this, maybe make two reservations with different names. I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to go, but you know you want to be able to be assured of not only the room you want, but also the current booking bonus that's out there. But again, for a situation like this, I highly recommend using a travel agent to help you kind of navigate the waters of all these kinds of booking things that are out there and figure out the best way. But I would, I, I think having a safety room is the best way to at least get started. Our last email this week comes from Angie Grissom, who writes, Hey, Matt, just wanted to say I am loving your podcast. My sisters and I, five of us, will be taking our first international sister trip March 2016. We'll be traveling from Texas to Sydney, Australia, and then boarding the Royal Caribbean Explorer of the Seas for an 11-day cruise in New Zealand. We are beyond excited. Your podcast has been very helpful. Angie, wow, that is a great-sounding cruise. Talk about an adventure. Jeez, Texas to Sydney, going on an Explorer for an 11-night to New Zealand? Oh, wow, I am impressed. I got to say, you picked a great sailing. And as we mentioned a little earlier, Explorer got a refurbishment recently. I think you're going to love it. And it sounds like you guys are up for an amazing kind of cruise. We'll take lots of photos, maybe even some video, because <laughs> you're going to have some great memories on board. Awesome. And Angie, can't wait to hear back about what your experience was. And of course, if you have any questions, Angie, between now and then, hey, let's answer them for you right here on the Royal Caribbean Blog. And if, if you have questions or Angie has questions or anyone's got questions, you can, of course, email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And I also want to take a moment here to say thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast, reading RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, checking out you know everything in between, especially folks that have been taking advantage of the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders Group. I cannot tell you how helpful and important that has been, and I am so thrilled by the amount of support I've gotten already just in the beginning. So really, I just want to say to everybody who listens, reads, and writes in, thank you. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for making this such a fun adventure for me every day and every week as we put together the podcast or write new blog posts. It really makes a big difference, and I'm really enjoying that. So Thank you all so much, and I'm so glad we're all together here for this adventure, and boy, I just can't wait for every week. I love recording these podcasts, so at any rate, until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.